So good for you, for real, for fun, for everyone. You're listening to Out Loud Orlando, the homo happy hour, the most unique radio show and part podcast heard of its kind. When? At 4 p.m. Where? At 91.5 FM WPRK, the best in basement radio. I am your host, DJ Crazy JC John. This is episode 110. You can catch up on our past episodes at www.homohappyhour.com. And we have a lovely... Lovely duo. Lovely. 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 Very lovely. Your mic is on. No. Yeah, it is. No, it's oh, it's not on. <laughs> no, it's not. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Your I mic was, was doing the Marcel Marcel. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, y'all haven't heard us in a couple weeks. Uh, first week, I was uh, I was sick. And then last week you were sick, but we're both feeling better. Yeah. Yes, so much better than we were. I'm Way sure. better than RSV. Mine was a stomach issue, stomach bug. Uh, uh. Yes, so much better. So how are you doing? I'm doing good. Great. So much to talk about today. <laughs> yes. From all over the place. But first to get into local... Well, no. First, let's get to do our two things. Uh, did you get your two things? I did get two things. Go ahead. My first one is I love Orlando's holiday spirit. Yes. I had friends in from out of town, and they couldn't believe that every place was decorated. Yes. The second thing I'm thankful for is our community watches out for each other. Mm-hmm. Because one of my visitors has autism. Oh. And he got overloaded at Savoy. Mm, of course. And the bartenders and patrons came up to make sure that we were okay. And then when we walked outside, they made sure that we were really okay. Oh, good. Which was nice. But it was also kind of strange having to explain, oh, well, we went and saw Joel, so he's had a couple of cocktails. (laughs) Yeah, District Dive. Yeah. So (laughs) we were able to get out of it, but it also was something I've never had experience with. Right. Trying to get somebody settled. Right. Yikes. That's good, though, that at least they were there, you know. They were on it. It's a responsible vendor thing, I think. They had two giant men and the bartender come out. Oh, wow. Outside. Giant men. I don't know where they found them. They were giants. Uh Uh-huh. Just in case, because I'm rather not skinny. Right. And my friend's my size, a little bigger. So if there was a confrontation, they could have taken us. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty eventful. <laughs> yeah, let's not repeat that ever again. <laughs> exactly. And yours? Mine? Uh, first of all, talking about Christmas, one of my things is Christmas can be a mood lifter. Now, I don't mean 
it is because there are times, say, if you lose somebody and then it's the first year afterwards or if you lose them around Christmas or their birthday is Christmas time, then it takes a while before you can find some happiness in Christmas again. But on the most part, Christmas can be a mood lifter. I've... um, I noticed when I was driving around, you know, they used to put those um, zigzaggy garland Christmas trees up on all the light. This year they have snowflakes. Yeah, I know. Everywhere. I love it. It's weird seeing snowflakes in Florida because it's not a Florida thing. I would rather see the tree. But... Those trees were old. Yeah, but that's they were exactly, from the 60s. Yeah, those trees, they've been used over and over. So it was nice seeing something new. It really was. So Christmas can be a mood lifter. Also, uh, ra- there's different radio stations that are playing 24-7 Christmas music. Yeah. And so I listen to them. It's the only thing going on in my car. Sorry, WPRK. <laughs> <laughs> A local one. When they switch to Christmas, I switch off. Oh, really? Yeah. Not me. I switch, too, so I can have Christmas songs going. Um, And then the first thing is that the smallest ailment affects you the most. And that was because of my stomach. It was just... The smallest thing is just having an upset stomach, but not being able to keep things down. And... It really made me feel so horrible. Yeah. And I'm like, but it's just a stomach thing. It's small. It shouldn't be bothering me so much. But it really was. No cork will cover it. Right. Well, it's horrible when you can't eat. (laughs) Or you can eat, but you just know, I don't want to eat. Don't want. Right. So those were my two things. But, yeah, Christmas, I'm really happy about Christmas this year. I was happy last year. We have our decorations. Uh, did y'all do anything in your house? Yeah, we're decorated. I did decorations up. I got all my Christmas shopping done and wrapped. It's under the tree. I haven't wrapped yet. Oh, um, got my Christmas cards sent out. That's tonight. That's what my dad was like. Yeah, you made sure you got it done early. I was like, well, I was like, I had them and I had... I was by the post office and thought, let me get these out before I forget and it's too late. (laughs) Do you know some of the major retailers don't sell boxes of Christmas cards anymore? I know. They used to get them everywhere. Oh, I know. I was in a couple brand name stores and I'm like, do you have boxes of Christmas cards? They're like, nope, individual. Yep, just individuals. Which is good, but if you have a long list of people, boxes are better. Yeah. We still have a whole bunch of boxes of them that we keep in a in a storage bin. The 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 drawer of miscellaneous cards. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you send someone one some send someone to some send one to someone, and then they're like, "Oh, this is the same the card one I you got sent last me last year." year. Yeah. That happened with us. We have we keep our cards also. And then every year we put up all the older cards and stuff. We put them all along the wall. We haven't done that this year, though. We don't have room for it. But um, it's so funny to see. Like, my brother sent me two cards the same in a year. One year, my sister sent me a card that Paul's sister gave him that same year. So <laughs> we have some they doubles. They were popular. Yeah, we have some doubles. I'm like, I know where you got your card at. <laughs> Those are all fun. 
Local. So local. Tonight at Savoy, since we were just talking about Savoy, is Gregory Metz's um, comedy night in the Ivanhoe 1915, 1519. 
So, get into articles. Now it's time for some articles. So, there's always, we're gonna, the first two topics we're going to talk about are the bad cookies of the LGBTQ plus community. The Sherry Pies. Yes, the Sherry Pies, which is who was a drag queen on RuPaul's Drag Race um, season, I can't remember, 11. Edited out. Season edited out. Yeah, yeah, season edited out. And sh- there was some issues with her um, uh, catfishing, problematic behavior. catfishing people and problematic behavior. So this is kind of like that. And when we're talking about these stories, the main thing to remember is one instant does not just does not depict the entire community, but there are parts that do. In central Pennsylvania, there's a drag queen and she's an also an activist. And her name is let me find it now. I just I said it already. Oh, my gosh. Bruce Williams is his name. And he goes by the name Anastasia Diamond. And Anastasia Diamond is also an activist in the area. But she was charged with 25 counts of child pornography. Ooh, so Bruce Williams is 26 years old. He's charged with 25 counts of child pornography for at least 49 photos and 25 videos of naked prepubescent boys that the Pennsylvania Attorney General's office said he downloaded between May and December of 2020. The, um, he was having COVID problems. The boys were under 18. It, they did not specify their ages, but the affidavit said that the photo and video downloads were linked to Williams's email and home addresses. Therefore... Mm-hmm. He can't say no. The pornography was also allegedly downloaded by someone under the username Anna D. Well, that sounds like his drag name. Anastasia Diamond, exactly. So, Williams sat down with Penn Live in July of 2021, just before he was expected to work with GLO Harrisburg, which is a center that offers a safe space for LGBTQ youth of color. And he was going to do HIV AIDS prevention and awareness work with the youth. But before then, he was an HIV medical caseworker for Keystone Health in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Yes. So the LGBT Center of Central Pennsylvania gave him the 2020 Rising Star Award. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. So there are many things that this person has done. Um you know, has received in the community as an activist. And at first he denied downloading the child pornography, but later said he first viewed child porn in 2014 on a messaging app before moving to cloud-based storage apps like Dropbox, where at least nine of the photos were found. So he's charged with one count of criminal use of a communication facility in addition to the 25 child pornography charges. Wow, that's really disheartening. Yes. yes. Because I know a lot of case managers and people that put in that work. So, so the reason that I am going back, you know, because this did happen earlier this year, but the reason I'm going back to that article is because people who are anti-LGBTQ+, are using that specific article and that specific instance to say we're groomers 
Yeah, it's the same as the when the elections were happening and they had that one picture of the drag queen with the child from mm-hmm. L.A. Yeah. It's a blanket. Yes. But we all don't fit underneath it. But exactly, listeners. We do not all fit underneath that. We are not all, just because of what one does, does not mean all drag queens are pedophiles. No. Which is what that's trying to get to. And that, you know, we spend so many years trying to take taking ourselves away from these things. That that we're pedophiles. That we're bestialities. Um, all of the, all of it. All of it. Really. So, the other part, go ahead and talk about the other one. Oh, you mean the... Ruff, ruff. Yes. So, the scandal that's hitting now is there was a puppy... Pup kink community in Hawaii. Yes. And unfortunately, one of the people that posted was a colonel. Mm -hmm. And he had a relationship with a superior officer. And they were posting about that. And I think that for people that have served in the military, they would never disrespect the uniform in the way that these people have. Right. That's exactly what it is, because the dress blue and your dress blues, you really, whatever really, branch, right? Whatever branch that, that they're called, their blues. Yeah, their it, dress it, blues. It, it, but um, it's really strict. I mean, they're really strict about where placement goes of your pins. They're really, everything. You have to have it crisp and clean. Yeah, and they're taking pictures with their puppy masks. And they're on. taking pictures with their puppy masks on. And then there's pictures of them on the naval, the Pacific Hawaiian Hickam, uh, Hawaiian base. And he's in a locker room and he's in his puppy gear and he's with his other puppy. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Children. Yes. Children. We did not fight for 50 years to get to be in the military to have you pull this, these stunts. Yes. No shenanigans. This kind of stuff, I, I wish people like that are doing this, I wish they would stop and think a moment. How and, it reflects on everybody. And that's exactly. Think, you know, first of all, when you're talking kinks, kinks are something that are private. Totally. And you can be a pup handler or a pup or whatever you want to be, but you can't, you, it's different when you're wearing a, a United States uniform. Yes, a United States Naval, or uh, any of them, Army, Navy, Air Force, Space Force, or Marines. It's just shocking. Any of them. To, it, what, it, I just, I just want to know what went through their head. What's going through your heads that you do Yeah. That? What? You know the rules. Are you trying to push it to the edge? Mm-hmm, because unfortunately, just, that that rubber band snapped back and hit you in the face. Yes. 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 Because it's on Fox now. And that I, just is not a good look. Right. And I tell you, just like just like the drag queen we just talked about, I would totally shame both of them. I would be Absolutely. like, I'd be like, no, that's not what you do. You're giving us a bad name. And because of you... The other side, anybody who's anti-LGBTQ or, uh, you know, who's not an ally, the other side is going to take it and they're going to be like, they're going to ammunition. It's ammunition for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're just handing it right over to them and say, oh, here. Yeah, because these pictures were, I mean, they were shocking. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And something that just popped in my head. 
that listeners I would love to, for them to know because who knows maybe there are some listeners that aren't aren't fully understanding about drug, the art of drag and stuff like that well just so you know the drag shows that you see in nightclubs aren't the same drag shows you see in drag time story hour at all at all there are club appropriate stuff but they don't take what's inappropriate and bring that to the children's story time no we're not reading 50 shades of gay right in a bondage outfit from madonna's sex book right we're not reading stories in our in our navy outfits with pup masks on either (laughs) 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 but (sighs) i just oh yeah it's just eye rolling it really is. It really, really is. Well, I hope you have another story that makes us feel better, John. Some really good news. Um, I mean, it's, it's no secret that, and if you don't know about it, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, they have a rule with giving blood. If you are gay or bisexual, they want you to refrain or abstain from being with somebody for a year before you can give blood. Well, now the FDA is considered easing restrictions on it, and they are considering taking it down to three months. Which is good as long as you get your status known and you keep up with your sexual health, there shouldn't be a problem. Right. I I would like to see it be no months. (laughs) Yeah, but there's that 90-day window for HIV transmission. I don't think we could ever get to no months. Right, but but saying gay and bisexual, straight people have HIV too. True. So if it's going to be a month, it should be a month for everybody. Have you had have you had sexual relationships with anybody for the last three months? I don't I totally don't believe it should be gay or bi only because HIV is not just a gay or bi disease. I agree with you, but I also understand where the FDA is coming from. Oh, I know where they're coming from because back in the 80s, right. people used giving blood as a way of getting tested. Yeah. That, you know, people thought, oh, I don't know if I have it, but I'll go donate blood. And if I have it, they'll let me know. Oh, such a bad idea. Yes. Such a bad idea. Well, caller, we have a caller. I thought we had a caller. I heard a they ring. Hung up. Yeah, it's just one half of a ring. Oh, well. But. Well, that's progress. The agency said it will likely support a policy transition to individual risk-based donor screening questions for reducing the risk of HIV transmission, which that's what the whole thing is about. Um And the change would require sexually active gay and bisexual men to fill out questionnaire about recent sexual activity, which they can lie, among other risk factors, in order to allow individuals with no new partners in the last three months to donate blood. Oh, so that's also good, saying no new partners. Right. So you could say, oh, yes, I've been with with a man in the last three months, but it's my partner. Right. And you can then... I mean, it's a, it's slowly adapting. It's it's very slowly adapting. I think one of the questions might be, "Are you on prep?" Right. Because that would re- that would completely change where your liability would fall. Yes. 
Now, the, the new plans came after they did a study in which 1,600 gay and bisexual men were analyzed using individual risk assessment compared to time deferrals for maintaining a safe blood sample. And they said that they have strong data, that they have highly relevant information to envision what an individual risk-based approach would look like. Which, if you're asking me, again, I will say that's a great thing, but I think the individual risk approach, risk-based approach, should be done for everybody. You know? I do. For everybody. It's just, it's, it's very discriminatory when you're saying only gay and bi it's like saying that aids and hiv is a gay disease or in bi disease which even though it is predominantly within ours in us our community our community oh well, right. it's definitely in us right, right. we both <laughs> definitely <laughs> it doesn't show up on blood but it definitely is but yeah it's just like come on Ooh. i don't know that's what i think that's my thing but but there is a woman a woman a woman one woman woman. just one woman she a new york woman she got to meet the family of her donor she got a a a heart transplant she went into the hospital and she actually was receiving treatment for kidney and advanced heart failure her name is miriam nieves and the donor, whose name was Brittany Newton, of course, she died. That's why she was able to donate these organs. But it is the first HIV-positive to HIV-positive heart transplant. That's amazing. That is huge. Yeah, that's 40 years in the making. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of CDC requirements to be dropped. A lot of CDC requirements. But yes, so she was able, she flew um, from, um, the, fa- the family flew from Louisiana to the Big Apple to New York to meet with her in person. And she said that she wasn't able to walk. She wasn't able to play with her grandkids. She would go to family functions and she'd be lying down in bed versus interacting. And this was on Good Morning America that it, this was also brought up on, which is awesome because Good Morning America is seen nationwide and what a what a huge thing Nieves is HIV positive of course and she undergone not one but two organ transplants that's crazy she was matched with an HIV positive donor and Newton was only 30 when she died so her life went on to do some great stuff some really great stuff does it say what her other transplant was it doesn't that's what I was wondering I'm thinking it's probably a kidney probably being that she was gone in for kidney failure also, which that I, we have had before. We've had HIV-positive kidney transplants to each other. Um, yeah, but this is a big deal. Another thing, I mean, going back to talking about giving blood, in my opinion, HIV-positive people should be able to give blood to HIV-positive people. Uh, no, because it might not be the exact same strain. Exactly. Exactly, that's true. And then you can risk cross-mutation and blowing classes of drugs. All your meds. All your meds. Yeah. I don't know about that. Even if it is the same strain, you can blow up your meds because the HIV that you'll be getting the blood from could be resistant to meds that you're not resistant to. Right. 
That's true. It's just wishful thinking. <laughs> well, I'll give you some of my blood if you need it. <laughs> right. <laughs> wishful thinking. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Although in the blood, I mean, when you're undetectable, you're undetectable. Right. So I still think if you're HIV, if you're undetectable, especially if you're undetectable for so many years, then it should be okay to give blood to another HIV positive person. Yeah, but there's so much other blood Yeah, that we can use. Well, there's not so much other blood. That's because just like we were talking about with the, with gay and bi's, they actually, during COVID, they did temporarily let it go to three months. And I think that was the first step in making it really three months. Well, oh, they've the been doing the study for like a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know the one, the center has been at least 18 months long. Right. 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 So here's a fun story. Imagine dragons. No. Can birth control pills make you a lesbian? What? <laughs> if I were to take birth control pills, would I become a lesbian? That's what I want to know. Or would I be straight? So a, a number of women say their homosexuality was woken up after starting or coming off of the birth control pill. And studies suggest there may be some truth about the unlikely side effect. Seriously? Changes in sex hormones caused by birth control play a role in partner attraction and mate preferences. Okay. So, from weight gain to nausea, breast tenderness, and menstrual cycle changes, the pill has a long list of side effects. But a number of women have spoken out about what is probably the most unlikely side effect yet. They say the oral contraceptives turn them gay. Now, that sounds outlandish, but it does. there is evidence and combined and progestin-only oral contraceptives can alter how women perceive attractiveness. Okay, so they're taking a lot of progesterone and it changes what they view as sexy. Yes, what it does is it suppresses the body's natural production of sex hormones and replaces them with synthetic versions. So they're feeling that it may rewire brain circuits that are related to love and sex. Oh, that's interesting. I still want to know, if I take the pill, am I going to become straight? I don't think so. Because if it alters your... It would lower your testosterone and raise your estrogen. Oh, absolutely. Like you need your estrogen raised. Right. No. No, because that if I did that, that would be I would go into hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so, the way hormones affect our brain, it nudges our preferences and behavior this way or that way. Sometimes it nudges you into a decision or direction that wouldn't necessarily agree with what your brain would do outside of that. So these nudges aren't generally so big that they're going to lead you to be absolutely different person and desire to be an absolutely different type of mate. But they have, but the people have said that their attractiveness to someone, they're noticing, oh, she's really pretty. Wow. And then have and actually feel an attraction with that feeling. They're feeling that with the birth control pills. Now, one thing I really want to know is, was it one specific brand of birth control pills, or was it... Just the overall? 
or was it overall? They didn't say anything like that. They did say after the first session, 18 women were given a prescription for daily birth control pill while the rest, while the rest were, um, um, were not. They were a control group. So the women that had on, undergone the pill preferred images of males with less masculine features than their non-pill-taken counterparts. Yeah, so it doesn't feminine. sound completely scientific. Mm -hmm. So results showed women who met their partners when they were on the pill scored lower in both measures. They also rated their partner's body and sexual adventurousness lower than the control group. But... In 2018, University of Glasgow researchers found that women's preferences for masculine faces were generally stable regardless of whether they took the pill or not. So, so who knows? Does it make you gay? It may. Not gay, but lesbian? Interesting. It may. It, that is interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. I would love... I mean, I'm glad that as a man, I don't have to mess with my hormones that way I every know. month. I know. When I had to do testosterone injections, that stuff made me crazy. I just want to know. So if my, if, if my sisters, <laughs> both of whom are gay, one who is um, ex-gay, but if my sister, say my, uh, my younger sister who is dead on gay, if she was to take it, would it like like really amplify oh, her no. gayness <laughs> which you become like wonder gay yeah like super gay super lesbian i hmm. am super lesbian i'll have to ask her about that i know she's not on birth control her girlfriend her ex-girlfriend used to be right so a little bit of sad news this past week or actually it happened the past couple of weeks. Jim Colby, an openly gay Republican congressman, is dead at the age of 80. He, back in 1996, he did vote for the Defense of Marriage Act, and he turned, later regretted this vote, and he celebrated coming out because he was in the closet at the time. For a decade, he was the only openly gay Republican in Congress. His... Um, um, he served in the House of Representatives from 1985 until he retired in 2007. He represented a politically moderate area of Arizona centered on Tucson. And for the ha first half of his tenure, he was known mainly as a low-key physical conservative. He then became a leading negotiator in the House while working on the passage of the North American Free Trade Agreement, which is NAFTA, in 1993. So he's really, Mr. Colby, he caught wind of the fact that The Advocate, a magazine for gay readers, plan, planned to publish a story saying that he was a closeted homosexual. So at that time, which we've talked about outing people, and I, I personally don't agree with it. I don't care if it's The Advocate outing him or not, you know. No. But, but he actually, um, following, they were going to out him following his vote for the Defense of Marriage Act in 96. And that act banned federal recognition of same-sex marriage. Which brings us to today. Which brings us to today, where we are waiting for... I think he's doing it at... As probably, we speak, yeah. probably, or at five. The Respect for Marriage Act. The Respect for Marriage Act is going to be. So So we're talking now about the Defense of Marriage Act, but now we have the Respect of Marriage Act. So at the time, 
um, that he came out, there were uh, three other openly gay members of the House. Barney Frank and Jerry Studs, both Massachusetts, and Steve Gunderson, a Republican from Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so it's so funny how you're looking at how little we had in the 90s, in the mid to late 90s, to how many we have now. Right. So great, the representation that we have. So, Mr. Colby... R.I.P. R.I.P. And now to no, go... No, he's not the house of Colby, right? That's what I was going to say. We're going from one Colby to another Colby, both spelled Or to the house names. of Colby. So, RuPaul's Drag Race is going to be... The, the new season is going to be moved from VH1 to MTV. Is it it's still the same company? The very same company. Okay. It's kind of funny because a lot of times when a show is on MTV, it's also on VH1. So it's, I don't get the move. It's, I don't get the move either. I really don't. But one of the people, one of the, um, the contestants this season is the mother of the House of Colby. Last, se- last season was Carrie. Was, was Carrie Colby. And this is Sasha Colby. Yeah. So. It seems like more and more seasons that they are having more trans people, and I think we'll find more non-binary people also. It, it's just growing. Yeah. Like our community keeps unfolding. Yeah. It has to unfold with it. But trans being on Drag Race is a big thing because how Rue, you know, used to say that she, it was always only going to be men who dress up as women. For the longest time, yeah. Yeah. That's that's how Rue wanted it. But I think the reason she turned around and changed her mind and started allowing trans in is because she was going to lose her bottom dollar if she wasn't. Yep. If she wasn't going to keep up with the time, she was going to lose herself. Oh, you always have to be more inclusive and less exclusive. Yes, exactly. But exactly. she's giving away the coin this year, honey. $200,000 to the exactly. winner. Exactly. 200000 smackaroos. Think about like season one when um, Bebe won. And she got $5? No, she got 10000 And now here they're giving hundreds of thousands away. And they also give you oh, how money much are if they you making win. Though? I know. Oh, they're bringing in the money. They're bringing it Just in. from ad revenue alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. And Brew's new show, Lingo, comes up. Have you seen the ads for that? No. Yes. It starts like the second <gasps> week of January. Oh, wait. I have seen it. And oh, she's in her man outfit. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Yes. It's like a TV version of Wordle. Ru- yes, exactly. RuPaul was just as her boy self, RuPaul Charles, was just, I saw her on... Um, Tonight Show. No, it was uh, um, no, it was a game show. I can't remember which one it was. Password. It was Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. Oh. She didn't win nothing through the whole time. I was Shocking. so surprised. I was so surprised because she's not as quick as the other two were. So, so there are some movie characters that. I mean, going from one icon, Sasha Colby, to other icons, movie characters that have become LGBTQ plus icons. And some of them, I'm like, really? I don't get it. But Elsa in Frozen, she became it because fans demanded that she come out as lesbian in the sequel. Did she? Um, 
know, but there are different queer coded things. Okay. Yes, that can be interpreted. Um, Mulan from Mulan, because she was she wasn't trans, but she was a drag king. Right. She dressed up in drag to. Um, be a man to, to be a as man. a woman but then they also wanted to say that she's may, may have been trans because she that song in the soundtrack she says when will my reflection show who i am inside but then on once upon a time the tv show that was out they had mulan on there and she was depicted as bisexual okay so she's very fluid mulan is because she's the cartoon mm-hmm the next one, who I really didn't get, was Jedediah and Octavius from Night at the Museum. Oh, yeah. They were drawn that way, though. That's, yeah. Yeah. So it was to say, wait a minute. Are they lovers or are they not lovers? Jedediah, Wild West Cowboy, and Octavius, an ancient Roman. They're first introduced as enemies who always bickered and tried to invade each other's diorama. But then as it goes on, they don't re only resolve their interests, but they become best friends who always look out for each other. In the diorama-rama. It's like, are they? I mean, one of the Jedediah shouts to Octavius, I ain't quitting you. And that's a reference to Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ursula from The Little Mermaid. She's already known to be gay-coded. She, um... That was supposed to have been divine. Yes. Yes. Originally a tale of unrequited gay love written in 1837, a Danish writer who was believed to be bisexual as a love letter to a man he was in love with wrote The Little Mermaid. More than a century later, the story was adapted into an animated film by Disney, which is what we know now. But, it, despite the underlying gay love letter being erased, the film still kept some of the connection to the LGBTQ community through its antagonist, Ursula, because she, um, she was based off of, dra of, of divine jewelry and all that. Now, the, this one, of course, we all know, Dorothy. From Wizard of Oz. She's gay. She's L no, she's the LGBTQ icon. Oh, that's because it's Judy. And, you know, yeah, because Judy Garland played her. And we all call people a good Judy. You're or my, friends my of good Dorothy. Judy, or friends of Dorothy, exactly. Where friends of Dorothy come from. So there's many, you know, many. That was an there. old, old code. Mm-hmm. Li Shang from Mulan. He was the male lead from Mulan. He became a bisexual icon after following the release of the animated film. Um, basically, while it could be mistaken for Shang simply being proud to see Ping become a fierce warrior, many young queer kids felt connected to the character and latched onto the character, believing he represented them and was in fact bisexual. I didn't take that from him. This one I don't know just because I don't know anything about it. The Babadook. Don't know them. Me neither. But the Babadook was a titular monster from the popular horror movie um, of the same name, the Babadook. He became an LGBTQ plus icon for perhaps the weirdest and simplest reason. Originally beginning as a joke on Tumblr that the Babadook was gay, the joke spread all over the internet and eventually became representation for the community. The memes, I have saw the memes, I never knew who it was, but he was at the right place at the right time for a gay internet joke. 
So he's one of those that it just happens to be. Hmm. Never mm-hmm. heard of the Babadook. Yes. Me neither. Me neither. So that's our little list of LGBTQ plus icons. But guess what? What? We are taking over everything. The number of same-sex couple households exceeded 1 million in 2021. Despite not being counted properly. Exactly. But the new census came out. And according to the recently uh, Census Bureau data, there were about 1.2 million same-sex couple households in the U.S. Roughly 710,000 of the same-sex couple households were married, and about 500,000 were unmarried. I'm in the unmarried category. It's just nice they finally counted us. Yes. Although the count was kind of messed up because of COVID. Right. Because I had to do mine by mail. I don't know how y'all did yours. I didn't get a person knocking on the door. No, ours was by mail too. But yeah, ours was by mail. So a larger share of same sex than opposite sex married couples were interracial. Mm. Isn't that something? 31.6% same sex couples. 18.4% opposite sex. Opposite sex married couples were interracial. So that's really neat. Uh, So other highlights include the average age of households in same sex married couples was lower than opposite sex married couples. Same sex married couples was 48.9 years. Opposite sex was 52.8 years. But the average age of householders in same sex unmarried couples was higher than an opposite sex unmarried couples. Really? Mm-hmm. What was the median age? Um, 42 for unmarried same sex couples, 39.9 for unmarried sa- opposite sex couples. Where were all the kids? I know. A larger share of same-sex than opposite-sex married couples were interracial, like I just said. Um, D.C. had the highest percentage of same-sex couple households of any state or state equivalent, which was 2.5. Both partners had at least bachelor's degree and a larger share of same-sex couples than opposite unmarried couples. And the share of female-female and male-male couples with both partners employed did not differ significantly, though medium household income in female same-sex couples was lower than male same-sex couples. Which that's goes, standard. That goes to show females are getting paid lower than males in all different ways. But it, I just found that so interesting. Yeah, it's nice to get that on it. Yeah. And this is the first time. Wasn't this the first? Uh, the last one was twenty or uh, uh, ninety-one. Yes. So this would have been the first one that includes that included same sex marriage. Yeah. Right. Or even saying that you're same sex and unmarried. I don't remember the ninety-one one. Yeah, that didn't have it on there. I don't. No, it's every it ten did. years. So it would have been yeah. twenty eleven. Uh, I don't remember that one. I don't remember anything to do with same-sex. But gay marriage would have been 2015, so... Right. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, we talked about this before, 
Oh, first of all, we talked about this before, about HBO, we're here, and the go into the North Texan town. But as it kind of, um, as it came out, that, and it's, it was the premiere of season three, which just came out, it opens with the Hood County Democratic Chair, Adrian Martin, combing through Facebook comics, threatening to attack the camera crew and bring rotten eggs after rumors spread that the drag queens would be in the 4th of July parade. Which they were. So, this is the second time that they've come to Texas. The first visiting Del Rio and its first openly gay mayor in the second season of the show. This time, they were faced with growing anti-LGBTQ sentiment, like we have talked to, and... um, and one point in the show, a coffee shop cancels a drag queen story time event with Shangela at the last minute because of a scary dude that was calling the coffee shop all morning. Ridiculous. Right. He asked if they were having story time and if there were children there. And, um, and the lady said, because of the safety issues that you presented, we've canceled that. He said that was a smart move. In another moment in the show, the queens see a Facebook post from someone named Melanie sharing photos they took inside the Queen's temporary studio at the Lake Granbury Conference Center in an attempt to dox them and make them share their private location. Oh, so there was a mall. There was a mall. <gasps> yep, there was a mall. But, so after the show's premiere, which was Friday the 25th of November, Bob the Drag Queen said that Granbury was one of the toughest towns to film in, which I imagine so. I mean, coming off, you know... Governor Hot Wheels. Yeah. Yeah, coming off the way that it is in Texas. So, this is a nice fun just to, just to totally lighten up. To totally, 100% lighten up. Or burn you. I don't know if any... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody has read about this or heard about this. But a Florida woman... We always hear about the Florida man... But yeah, now we, we got have, plenty of them. Now we have the Florida woman. A Florida woman is seeking $5 million in a lawsuit over microwavable mac and cheese. Oh, you've got to be kidding. Yes, I'm not. And it's a good mac and cheese, not the generic. It's, it's the Kraft? Kraft Heinz, yeah. Yeah, a woman is suing Kraft Heinz Food Company for $5 million. She is claiming that they misled the public about the time it takes to prepare Velveeta microwavable mac and cheese cuts. On the cup, it says, ready in three and a half minutes. But on the box, it says, your microwave may vary. Exactly, but still. Because it, with her, it takes her more than three and a half minutes. She said, um, ready in three and a half minutes, printed on the box. And this is how the lawsuit describes the cooking process. First, consumers must remove the lid and cheese sauce pouch. Next, they must add water to the fill line cup and stir. Then microwave uncovered on high for three and a half minutes. Do not drain. Finally, they should stir in contents of the cheese sauce pouch. Defendant then notes that cheese sauce will thicken upon standing. So seeing ready in three and a half minutes means that it has to go through <laughs> three and a half minutes is just the microwaving time. So oh. they're trying to get them under false advertising. <laughs> I hope the judge laughs her out of the room. So do I. So do I. The lawsuit claims that Ramirez brought the product for a premium price of ten ninety nine. 
She paid ten nine nine for Kraft Mac and Cheese. Right, the little cups. She must have bought it at Sam's. She bought a case. She bought a case of it at Sam's or Costco or someplace, BJ's Wholesale. Somewhere, somewhere she bought. But, so... And now she's suing for $5 million because it wasn't ready in three and a half... Five million. Because it took longer than three and a half minutes. It's like big Elizabeth Taylor yelling hurry in front of a microwave. It's just ridiculous. Exactly. And so... So now Kraft Heinz Food Company has issued a statement. We are aware of this frivolous lawsuit and will strongly defend against the allegations in the complaint, is what they had to say. Just wow. <laughs> oh my God, it cracks me up. Please tell me it's not Morgan and Morgan. It cra- right. They're all over the country. They're not just here. They're everywhere. Yeah. They headhunt my friend in, in Nevada. They're yes. begging her to come to work for them. Yes, there's, um, uh, I think it was in New Jersey somebody was, and they're like, oh my gosh, oh no, New York. And they're like, oh my gosh, he's here too. He's uh, in every state. Like, he's in every state. He's the, it's the, I think it's the largest law firm it's in the It's the largest country. law firm. Size matters. Yes, that's why he says that. And he also did, does say in the new commercial the, the metaverse one? Yes, the metaverse. <sighs> he says that we're not just the largest, the largest law firm in the country. Now we're the largest law firm in the metaverse. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. I'm not big on the metaverse. I'm really not. So just the last one real quick. There seems to be a historic wave of bills targeting trans youth and they're growing more common and radically reshaping lives. They are. There are. There are so many of them. The Arkansas ban, there's an Arkansas ban, is part of a new wave of new state laws that's begun to radically reshape the life of trans youth across the nation, bringing restrictions on everything from health care to how their gender identity is treated at school. So not every proposal has succeeded, but about 15% of the bills have become law. Some of the new laws have been temporarily blocked by the courts, but legal challenges have done little to slow the pace of new pr- proposals. It's crazy. It it's just cra- make a whole flurry so nobody can keep up. More than half the states have sought to restrict gender-affirming health care. Yep. That's more than, and if you don't know how many states there are, there's 50 states, so that's more than 25. There are some that have passed total bans, some have passed partial bans, and some have tried or is trying to pass restrictions. Florida has passed partial bans. Mm-hmm. It's just really sad. In four states, Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, and Tennessee, law- lawmakers have either enacted either a partial or total ban on access to gender-affirming care. Although in Alabama and Arkansas, the laws are not currently in effect due to court injunctions. So, that's sad. We really have to... If you're in that age group, reach out to Zebra Coalition. Right. Anybody 13 to 23 is welcome there. Right. It's, It's just so sad. But... But it is that time. Is it? Yeah. This has been another edition of Outloud Orlando, the home on happy hour, the most unique radio show and podcast heard of its kind. Remember, we are one human family, so fight the good fight. Always swing first. 
We are somewhat dysfunctional, but we're still a human family. We are. Yes. I am DJ Crazy JC John. I'm the author. I love you. I love you. And we will see you next Tuesday. Unless we get RSV or COVID or the flu demic, the triple demic. I think I might sue ramen noodles because they might not be ready in the amount of time package says so. Or it has too much sodium. Yeah. Too much Who sodium knew? in the package. Who knew? This isn't real beef bouillon. This isn't real shrimp bouillon. <laughs> so good for you. Yes, it is.